0: $22 billion in new investment in semiconductor batteries, chargers, and medical devices, creating another 16,000 jobs here in America. And this is powering the strongest rebound in American manufacturing in over three decades, creating 613,000, 613,000 manufacturing jobs. Passing the CHIPS bill is going to put another $72 billion for incentives and tax credits to expand semiconductor production. And the Inflation Reduction Act will add another $370 billion in clean energy tax credits in reconciliation, including incentives to accelerate domestic production of solar panels, wind turbines, batteries, and critical materials processing. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much.
1: Sandy Rios with you. Listen, you can rest easily. It doesn't sound like recession to President Biden, and so certainly it must not be. All right, well, welcome to Monday. (laughs) And so uh, the reports came out on Friday that we'd had two two, uh, quarters of uh, lower GDP. And in spite of what Joe Biden just said, uh, other people felt differently. In fact, MSNBC Rick, Rick Santelli had this response, clip four.
5: That's up 5,000. Oh, my gosh. Boy, not only was I wrong, down nine-tenths of 1% on first look at second quarter GDP. Down nine-tenths of 1%. Okay, I know there's an organization that decides whether we're in a recession or not. But investors, they're not going to wait. Two back-to-back negative quarters, it's not good. Call it whatever you want.
1: All right, so that's Rick Santelli. So, but no, it's not recession. And in fact, Wikipedia has over overseen. Wikipedia works this way. You probably know this, but if you don't, you should know because I'm sure a lot of you go to it. I do too, uh, for information about various people. Uh, but it's not a trustworthy source. Some things are good. Some things are bad. If you're a controversial person, guarantee you they will destroy you. On Wikipedia, anybody can sign in and say anything about you on Wikipedia. Do you understand that? Or they could take down good things about you and edit it. Uh, It's an amazing thing. So right now, Wikipedia is very busily removing the definition of recession because it would be so inconvenient to call this a recession right before an election. And yet, that's exactly what's happening. And one other thing, that Inflation Reduction Act, I told you a bit about it on Thursday. Joe Manchin did the most incredible interview on his defense of supporting the Inflation Reduction Act. It used to be Build Back Better, which he dug his heels in and said he's not going to support it, not going to, not going to. But now suddenly they've changed the name to the Inflation Reduction Act, and he's all about it. Uh, So uh, we are being duped, but then you know that, right? You do know that. There are several primaries tomorrow. I've been trying to spend as much time as I could the last week or so uh, preparing you as the best in the best way that I possibly can. I'm not in your states. You are the experts on what's happening in your state more than I am. I'm just trying to give you guidance, talk to people in those states to give you some information to help you make good decisions. Remember, iVoterGuide.com is a great resource to evaluate where your candidates stand. So tomorrow, the primaries will be in Michigan, and up there we have a governor's race between Whitmer and there are five different Republicans running against her. And we'll talk in a second. We're going to go to Michigan again and have a conversation about what's going on there. In Arizona, it's Carrie Lake versus Karen Taylor Robeson. Uh, Karen Taylor is a a wealthy business person who's been in Republican politics. Carrie is a former uh, television news anchor who's a firebrand on voter fraud and also on uh, what's happened on J6 and all of those kinds of things. So you can imagine how it's lining up. And it is the John McCain who has controlled that state for years. His wife and family and the whole, they don't, it's not just them individually. It's like the Bushes. They create a network of, um, it's the McCain people. It's the Bush people. Well, it's the McCain people. uh, They call it the McCain Mafia in Arizona who are running the show. They've come out guns blazing for Karen Taylor Robson. Uh, Mike Pence has gone out to support her. Uh, The governor of Arizona, Ducey, has supported her, but Carrie Lake has President Trump's support and the firebrand, you know, America First crowd supporting her. So that's going to be fascinating. That happens tomorrow. Um, And, you know, interestingly enough, I would say this uh, from my perspective. This is lining up to be, meaning this coming election, uh, a battle between, a battle against the establishment Republicans. Look, it already always has been. I've been battling the establishment Republicans for a long time. I'm, they're, uh, trust me, they don't like me. And for good reason, because I call them out all the time in, pub- in meetings in D.C. Uh, because they are, in many ways, they're like, it's, it's better to know who your enemy is, right? We know the Democrats, in terms of their position on the issues, are the enemy of our positions. Uh, we know that we're very clear. They're very clear about it. But Republicans who pretend and play the game— and and mask things and try to deceive that's i have less i can't stand that i would rather have an enemy any day just a flat-out enemy uh than someone who pretends and now that's what the establishment does and so they are weighing in like in carrie lake's race and Karen taylor robson uh, they're pouring tons of money in uh against carrie because they want Karen taylor robson and uh, and this, something else is happening in Missouri now. I've not talked about Missouri. I've had trouble finding someone to join me to talk about Missouri politics. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just that with the time and resources I have. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things that I've tried to pick up here. I know the big, the big issue there, and this is so important. It's the race for Senate. It's the race for Senate in Missouri. Whoever wins the Republican nomination will likely, likely be the senator. Uh, I guess it isn't a given because they did have, uh, what's her, the little lady with the glasses who's done caused so much trouble. Well, anyway, she was their senator for a long time. Uh, Eric Greitens, of course, was uh, the governor of Missouri, and uh, he only served for a short while. He was a firebrand uh, Trump supporter, but that's not important. I don't think that's important. I just, the news likes to make all of this about Trump. It's not about Trump. It's about saving our country. Trump stood for some great things had some great initiatives, and many of us back those things. We are not blind, silly, stupid, just Trump the man supporters. Um, Some people may be, but most people I do not believe are. Nevertheless, Eric Greitens is a former Navy SEAL. Uh, He's written three books. He's a graduate of Duke. He was a Rhodes Scholar, so he's quite, he's quite, um, he's very interesting. I heard it described to Politico that out on the campaign trail, he's less of a firebrand than he's a scholar as he talks. I don't know anything about that. I'm telling you what I'm reading. Eric Greitens, of course, fell into all kinds of scandal and ended up resigning. But as I, even at the time, I remember thinking, something's not right with this because of the accusations. Uh, I'm not saying Eric Greitens is, look, how do I know? Just from what I'm reading, it looks to me like Kim, um, Kim Gartner, the attorney general in Missouri, who is one of the Soros attorney generals who's wreaked all kinds of havoc not prosecuting criminals, brought all kinds of charges against him. Uh, also, uh, charges were brought about sending a photo to a woman he had confessed to having an affair with. His wife knew about it, uh, uh, allegedly blackmailing this woman he would had an affair with. That turned out to be completely false. Uh, when they finally ended up, after months of investigation, going through Eric's phone, they never even found a p- picture of this woman uh, They, uh, it, as she had portrayed it. There was nothing like that in his phone, and so uh, the charges were dropped Look, my feeling about this feeling, this is a feeling because, again, I'm not an expert, but from reading what I'm reading, it sounds to me like Eric Greitens, who I remember as just powerful as he came out of the box as governor of Missouri, uh, was uh, targeted for destruction. Did anybody ever heard of that happening? Have you ever seen that happening in this country? Oh, yes, I do believe we have seen that. So when you put pitch the um, attorney general, the Osoros appointed against the sitting governor, who was a Trump supporter, and he's charged of all these uh, criminal acts. Uh, you know, uh, my my uh, my antenna go up, and I become a skeptic. Um, and I want to just play for you sec a second now. Eric Schmidt is the attorney general. He has the uh, support of a lot of fine people and the establishment. As I said before, in many of these races, it's uh, the establishment brings to bear all of this money, which is what they're doing with the Eric Greitens race. I heard an, uh, uh, in the political piece. They talk about interviews they did with people saying that all of this, they've never seen such, well, I don't know, put words in their mouth, but ads, so many ads against one person as are happening right now in the St. Louis market against Eric Greidens. And it is a pack money from like McConnell and others, establishment. Heaven forbid they should have Eric Greidens, a Trump supporter, who is their foe on election fraud and all of that and who will actually fight uh, I'll just give you an example. Eric uh, did a, an ad. I actually think we played this a couple of weeks ago, but this is a clip of Eric Greitens, a campaign ad he ran in the market. This is clip 11.
0: I'm Eric
6: Greitens, Navy SEAL, and today we're going rhino hunting. The rhino feeds on corruption and is marked by the stripes of cowardice. Join the MAGA crew. Get a rhino hunting permit. There's no bagging limit, no tagging limit, and it doesn't expire until we save our country.
1: All right, so that's Eric Greitens, you know, uh, pretty uh, You know, pretty out, I don't mean out there by being, I, I don't think he's out there like it the wrong way. He's just powerful, and he's really good on the issues. Then there's Eric Schmidt, who's the attorney general, more mild-mannered, more, you know, drawing color within the lines, and certainly... The Pick of the Establishment. Here's his campaign ad, clip 13.
7: I'm Eric Schmidt, and I think Joe Biden is a total disaster. That's why I'm taking my blowtorch to his socialist agenda. As your Attorney General, I put a stop to Biden's open border policies. I sued to get rid of Fauci's COVID mandates, and I stood with President Trump to stop election fraud. In the Senate, I'll turn the heat up on the Biden Democrats. I prove this message because now's the time to take our country back.
1: Okay. All right. I want to tell you something that you wouldn't know. Most people don't know. Um, if you want to know who the establishment candidates are, listen for a phrase big government socialists or the socialists, the big government socialists. Um, because I can tell you exactly where that comes from. It comes from New Gingrich. Uh, the establishment called him in to strategize their campaigns. And he convinced them that they need to use that term, big government socialists. That'll get it by cracky. Everybody will vote for you if you say big government socialists. I think it's ridiculous. Personally, I think it's so much worse than big government socialists. But that's what Newt Gingrich told them, and that's the buzzword they put in their ads and when they talk. And so if you have questions about who's a, a establishment Republican, listen for that term. Big government socialists, I guarantee you, they're following suit. They're lining up. So Eric Greitens versus Eric Schmidt, and uh, you guys have to make the decision. It's your state, and I can't, I really cannot tell you what to do there. Uh, In Washington State, we have Joe Kent, uh, the former um, special services guy. I've interviewed him twice. He was very persuasive. But then we found out that there were things about Joe that were very inconvenient or inconsistent. For instance, his voting for Bernie Sanders Uh, in one of the most recent uh, elections, was pretty uh, concerning. And so Heidi St. John is the candidate opposing him. She's been rising in the polls. Uh, She's the one that's actually exposed a lot of things about Joe Kent that people did not know. So that's the battle out in Washington. In Kansas, I know nothing. I know nothing about Kansas. Maybe... uh, if we have a chance at the, during the last segment today, maybe we'll open the fine phone lines. And some of you can, Kansas from Kansas can tell us what's at stake there and what's happening. So um, tomorrow are these primaries. Again, Michigan, Arizona, Kansas, Missouri, and Washington State. Uh, let me also mention to you that it's official now that Fox News is banning Trump for the network. Um, his last appearance was on April 13th on Hannity. I told you they don't play his speeches. They ignore him. They play everything that Mike Pence does, but nothing that Trump does um, I mean, I Tucker might do it. I don't know. But as a network and as their news, it's Rupert Murdoch and his son, the CEO, Lachlan Murdoch. They hate Trump and they hate the whole notion that the voter, uh, they hate it. Well, one of the stated reasons, there are probably many, is that President Trump will not accept that Joe Biden was legally elected as president. And so uh, that's uh, Fox News. It's official. If you want to know, Fox is officially an establishment. Uh, Newsmax is a much better source of your information now. Also in Arkansas, newly elected county delegates have been disqualified by established Republicans. There's more to that story, but it is a battle with the establishment. Sandy Rios, In the Morning, AFR Talk.
8: to one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here, write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813.
1: This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
2: Today we pray for Tara Ramsey, Director of the Office of Migrant Education. She helps provide leadership, technical assistance, and financial support for the education of migrant children, youth, agricultural workers, fishers, and their families. Ecclesiastes 7.12 reminds us of the importance of education. Wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter, but the advantage of knowledge is this. Wisdom preserves those who have it. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Tara Ramsey at the Office of Migrant Education. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country, and we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org.
5: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with Muse and commentary next. When deciding where to pursue your career goals, you want a university that you can trust, that offers a world-class education with the values, knowledge, and skills you need to succeed. That place is Liberty University. And now is the perfect time to start. Liberty is celebrating 50 years of Training Champions for Christ, a mission that has not wavered since it opened in 1971. With more than 700 programs online and on campus, Liberty can help you turn your vision into a future you can be proud of. Learn more by texting STARNS to the number 49596. Shirley Udy of Kokomo, Indiana, needed new struts for her 2002 Chrysler. The mechanic said it would cost nearly $900. Shirley is an 85-year-old widow. She lives off Social Security, barely enough money for living, much less fixing, a car. But thanks to a bunch of good-hearted mechanics, Shirley was able to not only get her car fixed, but they also changed her oil and topped off her fluids. The mechanics are volunteers with God's Garage, a ministry of Crossroads Community Church, Tom Smith opened the garage back in 2018 to help single moms, veterans, and elderly folks like Shirley. The work is done free of charge. The customers, well, they just have to pay for parts. And it turns out a good many local auto parts stores were more than happy to offer discounts. That meant Shirley was able to get her car repaired for just $263 thanks to the Good Samaritans under the hood at God's Garage. I'm Todd Starnes.
0: Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning
3: on American Family Radio.
5: Last week you told CNN you had not read the legislation that would codify same-sex marriage. Uh, It passed the House uh, with bipartisan support. Now that your main priority, the CHIPS bill, is passed in the Senate, uh, how are you going to vote on the same-sex marriage bill? Do you know?
7: Well, I have not had an opportunity to to read into it. I will say, I've had some conversations with colleagues and so forth as I've been on the floor working on this CHIPS legislation. But as you indicated, now that this is passed, uh, I'll be consulting with my constituents and, and getting their opinion. My own view, and the view of many of my constituents, uh, based on initial conversations, is, is frankly, uh, so many are unclear why government is involved in in sanctioning a religious sacrament, marriage, altogether. I think that's a fair question, something that uh, we'll be discussing. And the last thing I would say is is that it's unclear why, at this moment, we have to address this issue. Typically, uh, the Supreme Court will address matters uh, when there's a case or a controversy brought to it. Right now, Obergefell remains the law of the land, indicating that uh, same-sex marriage uh, is the law of the land, and and frankly, a, a number of my constituents uh, regard this as as something that was somewhat settled.
1: All right, that was Senator Todd Young from Indiana, and uh, the reason I mention that is because this week we expect the Senate to vote on that um, repeal of the Defense of Marriage Act. It's already been repealed in the House. Uh, 47 Republicans voted to repeal the Defense of Marriage Act signed in 1996 by uh, President Clinton, of all things. Yep, that happened. And so now it's in the Senate. And as I understand it, at least five Republicans, and I think more than that, are saying that they will support this. Uh, I haven't got time to talk about it in this moment. I'd play that to underscore to you. The importance of these Senate races, the report, reports of all the races, but especially right now, if we had a better membership in the Senate, we would not be in this position. Pat Kolbeck is a, is a good friend. He's an engineer, an author, and a politician. Uh, he was at the TCF Center in Detroit, Michigan, and the night that the, the election of November uh, of, November of t- uh, 2019 took place. Uh, And out of that, I think uh, I would just say, speak for Pat, that just something something burned within him when he saw what was happening there and did more investigation. He was an expert on uh, machines and voting machines, and he got very, very involved, so much so that he established a website called letsfixstuff.org, which talks a great deal about election fraud and machines and all of it. Uh, He just has written a book called The 2020 Coup, What Happened and What Can We Do?, uh, and a number of other things, and so with that, let me just introduce Patty. He's also from Michigan. Good morning, Pat. How are you?
4: Hey, great to be with you, Sandy.
1: You know what? Before we talk about uh, the deeper issues, let's talk about the what's going on in Michigan. Uh, tomorrow uh, is the primary. On the uh, the first of all, you have a governor's race that's pretty in, incredible. You got Governor Gretchen Whitmer, which most of us from the outside would think it would be a, uh, a given that she would be defeated. Uh, but what is happening? From, we have talked about it before on the, on the air, Pat, but I want to know your thoughts. I'm dying to know your thoughts about that race and what's going on.
4: <laughs> well, first of all, you're right. I mean, we're hitting the whole reset button on Michigan state government. So it's not just the governor's race. It's the attorney general. It's the secretary of state. It's all of our state senators, all of our state representatives, a lot of state board of education. So it's a this is a very, very big election. Um, and uh when it comes to the governor's race, uh, me and a group of faith-based leaders formed what we called the Michigan Coalition for Freedom over a year ago to vet these governor candidates and actually do a good deep dive. Because we wanted to understand what made them tick from a character perspective. We were tired of the media picking who our next candidate would be with the um, questions that were always tilted to the left side of the fence um, during uh, these so-called governor debates, and we went off and tried to screen these candidates. And I'll tell you, for me personally, my my endorsement goes solidly to uh, a gentleman by the name of Ryan Kelly, and uh, he's the only one that I've seen that really understands what what this job is all about. And as you know, I ran for governor back in 2018, and uh, this isn't easy. And the job description is not easy, and he's the only one who understands that job description. So that's uh, after a year of debating and investigating. And, uh, it, he came out to the top after all of our forum.
1: He's the one that was res- arrested by the FBI, right? Or maybe, I don't know if he yeah. was arrested. Yes, he
9: was arrested. Yeah, no,
4: no, they were. He yeah. did arrest him because he was at the Capitol on January 6th. And the timing of that arrest was right the same day that they had their January 6th hearing. So, it was all staged. Um, he's, uh, accused of some misdemeanors and, uh, and the bottom line is, um, I think when all is said and done, particularly when we get to the November time frame, you're gonna find out that actually he's gonna be in a, a cast as a hero when everybody understands exactly what happened on January sixth.
1: Let me just say that there are five candidates, Tudor Dixon, Ryan Kelly, Ralph Rebent. Kevin Reinecke and uh, Garrett Saldano. My understanding is that they're all uh, good conservatives. Some are concerned about the electability of others. So that's something that those of you in Michigan are are going to have to sort out. I know that Stand Up Michigan did interviews with each of them, and so I commend those to you guys, too. All right, so what about the other races? I understand Peter Meyer, who voted for the impeachment of President Trump, is kind of in trouble. What What can you say about that?
4: Yeah, he's facing John Gibbs. He's a very—he's uh, a very good candidate. John Gibbs worked with uh, Dr. Ben Carson. I've known John for uh, several years, and I'll tell you, I—I'm—they—the uh, folks in uh, Southwest Michigan have a very, very good. It's not just about um, getting rid of Peter Meyer. Uh, it's actually you get a very good congressman and replacement uh, for Peter Meyer if you vote for John Gibbs. He's a really good guy.
1: Okay, so and just highlight a couple of the others, the things that people in Michigan need to know today as they're c- considering going to the polls tomorrow.
4: Well, we need we need a, a election official that actually recognize the importance of election integrity, first and foremost. Uh, as you know, a lot of our Michigan legislators have been pretty much AWOL, absent without leave during, in the wake of the 2020 uh, 20 election. And, you know, we've been Sharing all the evidence, Uh, you know, we've shared copies of 2,000 Mules, my book. Um, There's uh, affidavits that have been signed and sent to them with uh, evidence of election fraud. And uh, all they've done is pretty much nothing in response to that. So we need to get legislators that recognize the importance of securing our elections. So uh, there's a lot of local races that are out there. One of the big ones is in Macomb County with one of our what I call our meddling kids. Our lead meddling kids, Jackie Eubanks, is running for state rep out in Macomb County, and she's got a tough race there. But she's the one who, on her own recognizance, decided to go off and canvass um, Macomb County in the wake of the election. She found a 17.6% anomaly rate, which means that about 17% uh, of the voter the votes that were cast in the 2020 election have some uh, reason to believe that they were fraudulently cast. And that's about uh, 87,000 votes in Macomb County is what it extrapolates to. And uh, that's one of 83 counties in the state of Michigan where the presidential election was supposedly decided by 154,188 votes.
1: Is there any kind of uh, a clearing place where people in Michigan could go and, you know, understand what you, all the research you guys have done? Is there a go to? Is there a voter guide besides? Yep. We've got iVoter Guide. What, what? So, what do you recommend in Michigan?
4: Well, as far as a voter guide and which candidates to vote for, there isn't and we don't have anything like that except for government uh for the governor's race at the michigancoalition.org website and you can see some more information about the candidates there. Um in regards to what happened, what's happening in election integrity, um we of course got letstickstuff.org, but we've also got websites like electionintegrityforce.com. Um there's mc4ei.org. Uh there's uh PI uh, pure I don't know what their website URL is, but there's Pure Integrity for Michigan Elections. Uh they have a website and a lot of information as well. Um that's kind of been my focus, uh frankly, for the last two years. As I mean, I've put all my professional pursuits on the sidelines and said we gotta fix this election fraud or else we cease to have a constitutional republic.
1: So with that, um let's talk about that, Pat, because Um, Your book was called The 2020 Coup, What Happened and What Can We Do? And it's kind of a, as I understand it, you've sort of uh, synthesized, uh, there are different issues on the voting fraud, uh, different issues, whether it's the machines or whether it's mail-in ballots or uh, mules or whatever. And you've sort of uh, done an overview of all of it. And I would be really interested, I know it's hard to synthesize a book in a couple of sentences, but... And I'm sure a lot of things have happened since you published that book, even though it's still new. Where are we? Where are we with actually codifying that there was election abuse or fraud, whatever word you want to use? Where are we in actually codifying that?
4: Well, what we're seeing is law enforcement is now starting to stand up. They've been doing investigations, even here in Michigan. We've got sheriffs that are engaged in in investigations. Unfortunately, um, they've been obstructed by. Agents from the state and, uh, and they filed civil lawsuit against them for obstruction of their investigation. So there is work in Michigan that way. But frankly, across the country, we've got prosecutions for the ballot traffickers that were highlighted in 2000 Mules, um, out in Arizona. And so we do have legal action there. We've got a case where the Supreme Court in Wisconsin highlighted how those ballot drop boxes were, uh, um, unconstitutional, never should have been able to uh, been deployed back in the 2020 election. And so that gives grounds for decertification in Wisconsin. And the legal infractions that have identified give grounds for decertification in Arizona. So there is movement along those fronts. And I would submit there's a lot more that's going to be revealed here in the next few weeks. There's a lot more information that Catherine Engelbrecht and um, uh, Greg Phillips have regarding Uh, the investigations that they've been doing. Plus, Mike Lindell has a phenomenal event happening uh, called the Moment of Truth on August 20th and 21st, where we're going to have testimony to the evidence from all 50 states. And and people think this is just about integrity issues with the battleground states. They're wrong. Um, This actually impacts every single state, and uh, we're going to have testimony from all states at this Moment of Truth Summit on August 20th and 21st. And they're also going to be debuting... A documentary by uh, Laura Logan, um, journalist, uh, uh, TV journalist, Laura Logan, and uh, you may recall her. She's going to be leading I do.
1: uh,
4: this documentary called The Selection Code. If you go to selectioncode.com, you'd find out more info on that.
1: It, when you say a summit, can anyone go to that or, how, or is this going to be online or what?
4: Yeah, it's going to be online for everybody to view. And I, I want to also highlight there's a lot of good organizations like the America Project that are chiming in, providing tools for people to maintain the integrity of the election as well. And uh, they've got election manuals that are guiding people on how to um, uh, secure the elections as well. So what I'm seeing is a coalescent. It's taken us a little bit longer to, to uh get our act together if you will because uh we've been uh, you know the thing about conservatives is that we spend 24/7 365 trying to make government as inconsequential in our lives as possible and we yeah. it takes us it took us a while to realize that there's another group that's working 24/7 365 to make government as consequential in our lives as possible so now that we're woken up to that and we got to take one for the team and actually get involved or else we leave this vacuum that they take over you know, there's a lot of groups that are stepping up, and I'm I'm proud to, to be associated with a lot of them.
1: Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about, I don't know if you're following this, and I'm not prepared actually to tell details, but Tina Peters, who was the election clerk in Mesa County, yes. I've had her on several times, uh, and there's big news with her, but now I can't remember what it is. is she's had some sort of a victory oh, there. We yeah. we thought she was down and out, but she's not. Can you tell us what, what that's about?
4: Yeah. Yeah, what they did was do a they did an accuracy test on the Dominion machines that governed her election for secretary of state. And it turns out that they had a 60% anomaly rate or 60% error rate. Uh, that wow. highlights and, and buttresses everything we've been saying ever since Antrim County came up with their 68% error rate. What we've been highlighting is that these machines have been used as an opportunity to force ballots into adjudication, and which means that a third party is looking at them, deciding how you voted. And so, um, and when that happens, These systems are designed so that you can adjust that. And that's why this 60% error rate is such a big deal. It allows people to flip votes.
1: So who, okay, so but now here's the question, Pat. I don't need to tell you, I need to talk to Patina about this, and I will. Uh, It's just that I believe that, but is that being reported? You know, the press hates her.
4: She has been hounded by the FBI. I know they do.
1: Yeah. So, who's going to report that out there? Is is that mainstream understanding, or is that just like within the bunch of us that actually do believe in voter fraud and are all ears about what's going on? Is it just for our knowledge, or will the people of Colorado know about this?
4: That's a good question. I mean, we are fighting an information war. Um, That's what happens in a coup. I mean, that's why I called the book The 2020 Coup. They take over the radio, the news stations, the the uh, newspapers, and so it's very rare we get a station like yours that you've got people that support you and making sure we get the truth out. That's not something we see everywhere across the country, and with big tech and their censorship going on, it gets difficult, but I, I think it, the word's getting out. I mean, a recent Rasmussen poll, I think back in early July, came out and said 83% of Americans realize that election integrity is an important issue, 83%. I mean, when I was yep. a legislator, if we, if we cracked 60%, it meant that it was something that we need to address. Um, 80% is a big deal.
1: It is a big deal. It is a very big deal. I saw that, too, and I think the polls are showing, you know, in spite I know,
4: what, in spite of, of, of the all the establishment
1: this. <laughs> and the press telling us it's a big lie, nothing to see, move on, uh, that's what they're all saying. Um, people don't believe that. That is pretty stunning.
4: stunning. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And people can see that one side is promoting transparency, i.e., folks like yourself and myself. We want to get this information out to as many people. And if what we're saying is incorrect, then we'll be found out. And people can expose it very readily. But that's not what's happening. They don't want us to be able to share this information and I, I'm willing to debate anybody who thinks that these this is the most secure election in American history. Um, bring it, because we've got more than enough evidence. I documented in my book. There's over 220 footnotes leading to evidence. You can read the court exhibits, the analyses yourself. Um, they don't want that information getting out. And people, in their heart, they know they know that there. When somebody has uh, the truth on their side, they're willing to talk about it, and they're willing to sacrifice for that. Um, the folks who want to hide the truth, however, are doing everything that they can to make sure we can't hear it. And even in Michigan, their new rules for this upcoming election, they're doing everything they can to minimize transparency. And if we had more time, I could go into the details of the most recent walkthrough out at the TCF before the election. Um, and I'll, I'll well, tell you, things have gotten worse, not better.
1: Tell me that. I mean, give us a little bit of an idea of that, because uh, I did want I wanted to concentrate on Michigan with you. What, so what, what went on with that?
4: Well, first of all, if I wanted the password to the network that all the machines are connected to, all I had to do is walk up to the little managed device that's got a little password and username written on the outside of it. Um, So also, we have them asserting that there is no chain of custody for the documents or for the ballots that get dropped off in the middle of the night. So remember how at TCS Center, we had that van pull up at 3.30 in the morning?
1: Yes, I do. We had
4: the election officials here today saying, I want to go off and say, well, what chain of custody documentation are you going to provide that gives us any reason to believe that those ballots came from the clerk's office as opposed to just got dropped off by Tom, Dick, or Harry? And they said there is no chain of custody documentation. And I said, well, that's unacceptable. I mean, we're just supposed to trust you that those ballots came from a valid source? No, it doesn't work that way. And, oh, by the way, the folks who have been helping with the 2000 Mules investigation here in Michigan um, have debunked their, their narrative on the chain of custody around on these ballots from the 2020 election. They proved that there is no more than 1,800 ballots dropped off between the, in the time period that they specified as their excuse. They said that these, the late-night uh, late ballot drop came from the drop boxes around Detroit. No more than 1,800 ballots could have been picked up during that time frame. They dumped 18,000 ballots through the back door at the TCS Center at 3.30 in the morning on Election Day. So their story has fallen apart, and, um, and we're going to get the truth out little by little through books like my book, The 2020 Coup, through documentaries like The uh, 2000 Mules and upcoming documentary Selection Code and The Deep Rig. All this information is getting out. They can't stop the truth from getting out.
1: You know, I didn't realize, but I would like to say that The Deep Rig uh, was a a book, sort of um, a movie promoted by Patrick Byrne. I don't know if he produced it or what, but he's involved in that. But it, all, it was based yeah. on a book by Molly Hemingway. So uh, I just want to commend pe- that to people. And of course, the 2000 Mules movie and your book, The 2020 Coup. Um, so those are all things that people can access as ways to educate themselves and also tell other people. Now, in Michigan. Just to be clear here, Pat, we were talking about the state races, and they're all important. They are all important, but the local races. uh, Just to reiterate what you did say, but just to make it clear, you had a a body of uh, senators and Congress legislators in your state state legislature who just wouldn't do anything. As I recall, uh, they would not respond to the news of fraud, and many of them are up for election tomorrow. Right. Yes. And, and actually, good... along
4: those lines, I want to highlight one of the key races um, that is for state Senate in Michigan. It's uh, between Mike Detmer and Lana Tice for uh, I forget which Senate district it is, but uh, it's in Livingston County area here in Michigan. And uh, Lana was one of the senators that essentially weaponized state government against folks like myself by calling on the attorney general to investigate those who were asserting that there was fraud in the last election.
1: Wow, so that's in what? What's the name of the area again?
4: Uh, it's a it's in Livingston County area Livingston in Michigan.
1: County, okay. Yeah, right.
4: forget the Senate district. I'm sorry, but uh, oh, it's Mike Detmer versus Lonnie. Okay, well that's a that's a
1: good uh, that is a good uh, word for us, Pat, for people in Michigan because it is tomorrow morning. So let me just tell all of you, uh, all of you who live in all of these states that have primaries tomorrow, and that includes Michigan, and that's Arizona. Kansas, Missouri, Washington State. Uh, Heads up, uh, it's tomorrow. If you really want to do something, uh, do something. (laughs) You can do that. Vote tomorrow and vote intelligently. We've given you lots of information here this morning. Patrick Colbeck, you are a national treasure. Let me commend again your book, The 2020 Coup. Uh, Your website, letsfixstuff.com. Uh, and uh, and there you go. Pat, it's nice to talk to you, and we'll hope to talk to you again very soon. This is Sandy Rios in the morning. Oh, by the way, if anybody is listening from Kansas and you have a word for us on what's happening in your state in regard for races, it's 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
0: Exploring the word. I think it's wiser to lay the issue out before God than to tell God what to do. That's very wise, and
5: it takes a level of trust to do that. I trust you, Lord. makes me think of Shadrach,
0: Meshach, and Abednego. God, you're able to deliver us from this fiery, burning furnace. But if not, we're still not going to bow down. We trust you no matter what. Join Bert Harper and Alex McFarland weekday afternoons at 3 Central on American Family Radio. Airing the Addisons.
8: Sherry B. and J. Mack are on tap to help us navigate the show. Will the Great, where do we go next?
3: All right, let's go to Brad in Arkansas. Hi, Brad. Good afternoon. Enjoy your show, as always. Applying Scripture to Life.
8: You can talk about anything that we have discussed this week or maybe something that you want to bring to our attention. If we don't know about it, we're just going to tell you we don't know about it. You know, and then you'll just have to, you know, judge me. I'm sorry.
3: Airing
0: <laughs> the Addisons. Weekdays at 2 Central on American Family Radio.
7: But the righteous are bold as a lion. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Michigan University head football coach Jim Harbaugh and his wife spoke recently at a Right to Life event in Plymouth, Michigan. He was then asked about his pro-life convictions during Big Ten Football Media Day by ESPN.com. He said, let's discuss it. We need to talk about it. It's too big of an issue to not give real serious consideration to. Any player on our team, any staff member— or anybody in our family or extended family that doesn't feel like they can take care of a baby, we got a big house. We'll raise that baby. I believe in letting the unborn be born.
3: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
9: Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign, Stand With Them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten when he came to Christ. He's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepali's language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's Word to 16,000 bible persecuted believers. We're short of this goal, and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20 Will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at SendBiblesNow.org. SendBiblesNow.org. This is
3: Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Will she or won't she? House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is traveling in Asia, but hasn't confirmed whether her itinerary will include Taiwan. It better. After all, Chinese dictator Xi Jinping has made this a throwdown, and... President Biden is once again in full appeasement mode. If the Speaker complies with their respective demands that she skip a stop in Taiwan, it will not avoid a conflict with the Chinese Communist Party. It will guarantee it later, if not sooner. To her credit, Nancy Pelosi has in the past robustly opposed the CCP's brutality towards its own people and those of Tibet. In recent years, however, her husband has made a fortune doing deals with party-controlled companies. The legacy of Ms. Pelosi's speakership will be enhanced by a tangible demonstration in Taiwan that, unlike Joe Biden, she's not among those elite captured by Beijing. This is Frank Eftner.
0: Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
1: All right, Sandy Rios, back with you. Uh, because we have so many primaries tomorrow, and because I have neglected Kansas, I've asked people from Kansas listening this morning to give us some tips on the races there and what their thoughts are. We we and why you why you support a certain candidate, what your thought process is, because we want to understand it. Because you have an opinion too, and not everybody's going to share your opinion. So we try to be open. I'm pretty open about why I why I support candidates. It's not like I'm getting a kickback. I get nothing from that, but there are people that I think are better qualified, and I usually tell you how I feel about it. But uh, let's go to, K- I don't have an opinion on Kansas because I don't know. I just am drowning in ignorance here. Let's go to, first of all, uh, Karen in Kansas. Good morning, Karen. Hi, good morning. Good to good talk to you. Good to talk to you too, Karen. So, what's going on there tomorrow in your primary?
2: A
6: lot of things are going on here. The biggest thing that I could tell you about is that amendment that we're trying to get passed because the Kansas Supreme Court blocked all our good Kansas um, pro-life amendments, and now we're trying to come back as the people and get it so that we, it's back in our control again. So the first one on that one is it's called value them both, and we want everybody to vote yes tomorrow. Um, if they vote no, then they're going to give the abortionists free reign in Kansas.
1: And All right, And we want to uh, block. No, no, Go I'm ahead. sorry. I just want to clarify the name of it. Values in what? I couldn't quite get it. Values in? B- value them both. Oh, value them both. Okay. Meaning yes. the mom mm-hmm. and the baby. Okay. All right. Now yes. I get it. And you want people to vote yes on that? Uh, yeah, Karen, where is where is abortion in K- Kansas? You know, it was notoriously one of the states where there was this horrific full term abortion way back when. Where is the right. law now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned? What's the status in Kansas?
6: Well, the Kansas Supreme Court, like I said, they said that it was a right. They came back at us, uh, pro life people, and they made it a, a right that people can have an abortion. And so it wiped out all our very good pro-life
1: bills and, and laws. So okay. So trying to fight that. All right. Okay. I get it. Okay. So, um, all right. Anything else in Kansas you want to tell us about that's happening? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, we've had a big battle between um, people who
6: said there's no fraud, just like you were talking about. And the, I guess they were liars, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, the, there's a group of people running that I just want to – quick give you a, a heads up on. Um Chris Kobach, he is the most fantastic lawyer um and man for running for um he's running for attorney general. We need somebody like a, him that can battle what's going on um with all the fraud and, and the negatives like that. And he's he's willing to put himself out there and to go to bat um for everybody, not just Kansas, he must go across the board and, and take on some of these lawsuits, which he has. He helped to get the Marines their freedom with the mandate. And so there's different things that he's done that people need to vote for Chris Kobach. The other one is Karen Tyson. Karen, Karen Tyson's running for state treasurer. She is out to get fraud. Anything um, with uh, financials and such like that, she is going to be very good. She's she's already made a, um, a point to take on a bunch of cases, and has won in the past. Another one is the Secretary of State. His name is Mike Brown. Highly, highly pushed to get Mike Brown elected because if not, we're going to probably get one of the Soros guys. Um, Mike Brown, he, he um, has he's determined that he's going to come after fraud. Anybody that um, does show any type of fraud, he's going to try to correct it. And he's he's got plans for Kansas to to be able to have a clean election. And then okay. the another one I want to tell you real fast is um, Dennis Hirschberger. He's running for District Seven State Board of Education. He's one that will help um, fight all the things that are going on. You already know about it, and you've spoken about it many times. But I highly highly suggest Dennis Hirsh, Dennis Hirschberger. Uh,
1: That's Dennis. my main. Okay. Yeah, well, you yeah, know what? Oh, sure. man, you're a wealth of um, of uh, information, Karen. I'm going to repeat some of this. The amendment that you are recommending people vote for is value them both uh, to yeah. stop the Supreme Court of Kansas from uh, not doing what they should do constitutionally. I don't know how that's going to play out in court, but for right now, they will not allow Kansas law to stay, to sit uh, in the absence of Roe versus Wade, and you're trying to reestablish it in the constitution. And then... Um, you are recommending Chris Kobach for Attorney General. I know Chris. He's, he is great. I agree with you. He's he's a great guy, and he's very effective and lots of courage. Karen Tyson, state treasurer. She's pledged to fight fraud in financing. And Mike Brown, as Secretary of State, he wants to come after fraud in the voting uh, process. And Dennis Hirschberger for the State Board of Elections. Oh that's very helpful Karen. Really, really helpful and I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Let's go to Heather, see if she agrees with you. Hey Heather. Uh, good morning. Good morning.
2: How are
1: <laughs> you Sandy? I'm good. Did, were you listening to Karen just then?
2: Yes, I was.
1: Okay, so she is she wrong about She's everything? <laughs> no. Okay, good. Not at all.
2: <laughs> so, I just the biggest thing I want to tell people is you know, on the value of them both amendment it's very true on what they're trying to do. We have a lot of um, abortion providers coming up from Oklahoma to do them here in Kansas because it's kind of a free for all. Wow! For people.
1: And oh my it's, goodness!
2: It's pretty sad. Um, but as far as what that amendment does, it's it's pretty bad because even on YouTube, if you are watching something all of a sudden an will come up telling you the lies that this amendment would just ban every single bit of abortions no exception for anything um it's pretty sad but this is coming up on youtube i'm like boy are they desperate
1: well they're doing that everywhere all the social media platforms are just it's becoming a nightmare it's going to get worse heather every day i get up to you know do show prep I'm a little paranoid because I have a little trouble, you know, my computer, and I always think, you know, there, this is going to come a day when I'm going to get in here and I won't be able to get anything, to tell you anything. Uh, and, but because, and it is creeping. It's cre- Maybe creeping is actually too slow. Uh, but, you know, they, they banned, uh, YouTube's been banning left and right. They're getting worse and worse and worse, so I'm not surprised. So how are you getting out the word about this value them both amendment?
2: Well, right now on the back of my car... There's a Value Them Both sticker. Well, it's a not actually a sticker, but. Um, and it talks about, it tells you, go to this website and check it out, valuethemboth.org.
1: Okay, um, well, that helps right there, calls- Value org. That's yeah. a good thing that I can tell people yeah. now to go yep. to.
2: And, they get, and people can actually go there. But the crazy thing is, even when I'm, I put out just the link so that people could get the truth about it, and um, it's almost impossible for people to see it.
1: That's terrible. Um, Just
2: because terrible. Because, of course, everybody's... And then <laughs> yesterday I, wa- I was driving down the street, and there's a um, little crowd of girls who have the vote no signs everywhere. I could not help myself. <laughs> I could not help myself. I rolled down my window <laughs> as my husband was driving, I rolled down my window and said, vote yes, ladies, vote yes. Why did they get mad
1: at me. Yeah, well, that's what we have to do. <laughs> that's okay. You can't worry yep. about that, Heather. All right, well, listen, I have a couple other things I need to share with uh, with our audience, but thank you. That is so, so helpful, valuethemboth.com. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I asked you guys to call in. It was very helpful. Thank you. Uh, let me just tell you guys a couple of other things, you guys. <laughs> I sound like I'm talking to my in Chicago. Anyway, um, a couple of stories that I want to make sure I uh, get to you. You know that producer that the January 6th committee uh, uh, hired? His name was Dan Prisgoda. He's actually a young guy. I thought that he was an older guy, but now we are learning this. According to the National Pulse, the producer working for the Congressional January 6th committee posted violent threats towards President Trump's supporters and Republican politicians the unearthed posts from Twitter are the latest piece of evidence undercutting the alleged independent, nonpartisan efforts of the committee, as well as the hypocrisy of those now claiming to be working to expose violence toward elected officials or law enforcement. Uh, we know now that Benny Thompson was uh, uh, posting violent secessionist movements in the 19- Not posting, but uh, speaking out in the 1960s and 70s. And these threats from Dan Prisgoda go back to January inauguration day, January twenty-seventeenth, where he tweets about um, uh, his. Car, I have to say this quickly about driving over Trump supporters. He makes some snarky remark about that. Um, he also laughs about getting Mike Pence punched in the head. This is the producer of the January six hearings who's writing all that script that all these uh, you know congressmen are reading. A day in and day out. It's really, this is, this is like I said, a Soviet trial. This is C.D. Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
3: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.